0: What's going on, sports family? It's your favorite two grown-ass men, Mike and Jamal, with 2 games sports talk. Two grown-ass men. Mike, good morning. Say what up to the sports family.
1: What up, sports family? It's early, early on a Sunday morning. We here to drop some gems for you. Tell them what we got got to talk to,
0: bro. Man, Mike Tomlin said you ain't got a big enough check, boosters. That's all that did. He just dropped some jewels on them, Mike. And Mike, I gotta say this to you, sports family. Mike, I'm glad Mike brought this up. He he brought this up and said, "Hey, young, we need to chime in on this, Mike." Without further delay, I'm gonna throw you that lob off the backboard. I want you to dunk it and bust the rim open.
1: I mean, it, it's it's an interesting subject that he would even be asked that question, um, especially because he doesn't have a history of coaching in college and then coming to the pros where. You could potentially be linked to college jobs after that if you're not having a great season. But we're talking about a Hall of Fame coach. You know what I mean? He's never had a losing season. Won Super Bowls like always. The Steelers are, you know, except for this year. The Steelers are always in the thick of it, battling, you know, Baltimore or, or battling the Patriots. Like they've always been kind of the cream of the crop and we know how hard it is to win in NFL and for him to never have a losing season and for the Pittsburgh Steelers to only have what three coaches in their whole franchise history. That tells you how good he has been, but yet and still mm-hmm. somehow we're going to take the most overqualified coach and associate him with USC. Like, you know, like that is the dream. That is his dream job. Like, why would the Steelers not be his dream job? I, I, this one makes no sense to me
0: at all. At all, and I mean when we when when you say that we put it in pers- perspective, he's been <clears throat> the head coach of the Steelers since two thousand and seven, two thousand and seven, and just Mike what Mike just said never had a losing season, and you know. I understand the reporter and the media, they're you know, they going to dish out questions. They're doing their job. But I love how Mike responded when he said, are you asking Andy Reid this? Are you <coughs> asking Sean Payton this? And let's be real. We know that we, we know what he's saying, you know, and the reason why he brought that up is because how is it that I can have my resume be extensive as, as it is, no losing seasons, a super bowl ring and you know hey look my my here's my uh comparable uh um you know head coaches they compare to just to me but why aren't you asking them that
1: Yeah. i mean and it's it's real talk and i get it I, again i go back to the statement of taking the most overqualified coach and associating him with USC when when we think about it why wouldn't a coach like Dion, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime Time? You know what I'm saying. I want to give him his respect. I'm not gonna call him just Dion or whatever. Coach Prime, Coach Sanders, as much basketball, football that he's learned, as much football he's played at an elite level, the quality of coaches he's been around in his whole career, and he's changing, you know, the Jackson State program around. Why is he not? being considered if you think about put dion in la put dion in la and give him the resources to go recruit and bring in a staff that he wants to like i don't know why we're not talking about that because let's be real especially in the college ranks you know it's it's almost scary firing a coach because there's no real up-and-coming coaches that you like oh yeah he's gonna be the next great one or he's gonna be the next this that so when you're firing somebody like it's a risk it's a a real risk because there's not a whole lot of proven commodities out there but if you're going to take a chance you know usc has been hasn't been relevant since reggie bush walked out of there let's be real you know what i'm saying so to bring somebody in like dion with a name like dion with resources like dion you know i just don't i don't see why you wouldn't do something like that and and i look at a lot of players, you know, Hall of Fame players, and I know they say players, some players don't make the best coaches. But I look like look at like a Ed Reed, you know, that he was basically a quarterback on the defense, whether it was college for the Ravens, and he's been coaching now, whatever. If you put him and like Dion on the same staff or, you know, I mean? like if, there's a lot of players out there, you could probably build a really strong staff and shake up the game, but nobody wants to do that. We don't do that. We're going to go, we're going to go say Mike Tomlin. You know what I mean? We're going to put Mike Tomlin to USC. It just makes no sense to me, dude, none whatsoever.
0: Yeah. And I tell you what, I think the Steelers organization as a whole are much smarter than what is out there. Because if you think about what you said, Mike, and what we know is it's the facts. They've only had three head coaches. So that organization, they're not stupid at all. They're like, "Hey, you know what? Nope. we hear all that chitter chatter out there, that nonsense, and that's exactly what it is. It's nonsense. but it is the the disrespect and and all the like all the things that come with what we talk about in in pro sports, the lack of diversity, you know, and, and that's what you know, that's exactly what uh, Tomlin was saying was that, hey, look, it's hard enough to get this job. It's hard enough to keep this job. And when I'm successful, when we're successful at it, this is how we get treated. Now, I, Mike, earlier when we are talking, I had to bring this up because there's always, I, I believe there's always this, this kind of um, circle of life in sports. There's always players and coaches that have ties. That it seems like with our team specifically, the 49ers and, and Tampa Bay. The reason why I bring this name up is because it kind of got it shows you the differences. So, Kyle Shanahan, who's been the 49ers head coach for almost five seasons, this is his fifth season, and he's only had one winning season, one winning season out of the, the almost five years. And that went one winning season was 13 and three. Of course, obviously, we went to the Super Bowl, we lost, but I don't think he's really on the hot seat. Now, you know, fans are pissed off. But I don't think Mike Tomlin would have got the same level of respect, appreciation, or a.k.a. He wouldn't have got that long to keep his job.
1: And Kyle, right there in the Bay Area, it'd be an easy relocation. Why isn't he being talked about for the USC job?
0: Good question.
1: You know, Mm. the interesting thing with the whole Steelers to me is, the connotation that that question has, and I don't know the reporter, I don't I don't know the intent, but the connotation when you ask this man this question with the resume that he has is that you believe he was only successful because he had Big Ben. And now that Big Ben is fading, you, you are saying that he's getting exposed almost. You know what I'm saying? Because all of them winning season, you basically say, no, Big Ben carried him. Now we know there was there was season where Ben was hurt and they had to win without him, and he did right. But when you ask that question, um, because a lot of the questions this season has been: Is he too loyal to Big Ben? Should he have moved on for them? Should the Steelers have already started thinking about you know who the quarterback is going to be as Big Ben retires? And you know it, it it feels like they just underestimate this man as a coach as a motivator. Uh, they underestimate the synergy between him and the GM because I absolutely think they're going to get a quarterback next season uh, in this offseason. And I I don't think it's going to be through the draft. I think it's going to be a free agent.
0: You Any names?
1: I mean, I'm going to say it like this. Tampa has given you the blueprint, baby. So. All the Steelers need to do their defense is legit. Let's not let not you know discount. They have a playoff caliber defense. So I would draft nothing but offensive linemen. They already got wide receiver talent, and I would bring in a veteran QB like a Aaron Rodgers, and I draft nothing but offensive linemen to protect him, maybe even get a couple of free agents, you know, veterans on the offensive line. And now you plug and play that team. Right. You see, everybody was shaking their head like, Mm-mm. you know what I'm saying? And so don't don't discount this man and the synergy that they got with, with the GM, because it's not like the GM was like, well, he's about to be out, you know, so we just going to rebuild and, and tear everything down. They aren't far off from being a playoff team. They really aren't.
0: I agree. I agree. And, and you know what? Just um, just as a whole, like the responsibility that all head coaches have, um, you know, to to be successful. What I hear Mike Tomlin saying, I always think about this: is that you know, <clears throat> there are some people that are going to be like, "Oh, here we go." You know, you guys bring up race in the picture. Do you think we want to do that? <laughs> Let's be real. How many black head coaches are currently in the NFL? It's three of them. Tree, tree, tree out of <laughs> thirty-two. There are only tree. I like so so what I what the reason why we bring these things up because they they're reality, they exist. And what Mike Tomlin never backs down from is that speaking his mind. And when it comes down to when you're talking about, hey, look, my resume should speak for itself. I'm like, you know, I, I'm I'm ne- I'm never saying that, hey, look, you know, you 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 never work to get better you know mike tomlin to me is the epitome of you know defying odds because like like think about it when he joined the steelers now that that super bowl seems so long ago but he won that super bowl early and winning just like you said in the nfl is hard it's the hardest thing in the world to do i mean you look at the 49ers and we still ain't won another one we've gotten to the super bowl twice but we ain't won it so yeah. I I, I mean, I I say all that to say this is just going back to what you were saying with Deion Sanders. I think that's such an excellent idea. And it's sad that, you know, we appreciate it. But it's also sad in the fact of um, a lot of, uh, you know, minority coaches feel like they have to start at HBCUs to try and work their resume up to get to, you know, uh, the pro level. Um, yeah. To becoming a head coach, and like you said earlier, and I like a, over a year ago, Mike, when you said that, hey, you know what? What if HBCU talent, players, and coaches—that's where they stay. That's where they 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 develop those programs and those players. And I would love to see how the game changes. Then you know, would you see uh, a Hampton State beating Florida State, like beating the brakes they- off them? I think you could say that.
1: <laughs> you could say that, but here, here's the challenge, and and you know, this is when reality sets in. You know, that's a pipe dream because the difference is resources. You know, you look at the resources. I think I was watching this week. There, um, somebody did a tour of Texas uh, Longhorns facility, and that place is immaculate. And you know, just the training they have underwater treadmills and you know, the, the 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 nutrition they have, like everything they have for these athletes. And just from an infrastructure standpoint, the HBCUs are, are light years behind. I mean, these schools, you know, Alabama, they've invested, you know, close to 100 millions of dollars in just the infrastructure football program. And then you have a, a school like Howard, where, you know, just the regular students are struggling to get you know, dorms that don't have mold and roaches and rats and all that stuff. So how are you going to pour into a football program when just your regular student dorms are, you know, worse than a project in some, some regards. So until you can get HBCUs where they have an infrastructure that, that can compete. I mean, it's, it's nice to have that pipe dream. Like, yeah, what if all the, you know, the talent went there and, they, and the money could go there, but it's that money got to go there first, man. It, it's tough. And now with this, you know, NIL, the, you know, the name, image, and likeness making money off that man, these schools, it's got, it's about to be the wild, wild West for some of these big D one schools. Cause I mean, we've seen it There's cats at Clemson or Alabama cats barely started a game already have million dollar deals, you know, 19 years old. So it it's, 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 I honestly think the way it's set up now, it's going to make the haves and have-nots even more when it comes to college sports. But man, if you could get that talent to stay and you know at a FAMU or a Southern or Jackson State or what, and, and build those schools up, it would change the game. But it's almost like we always talk about: what if you did a professional football league, you know, and had owners be you know like the Ditties and Jay Z's or whatever. And then you won't have all this, you know, arguing over who's kneeling, who's not kneeling, what we're doing here. Like it would be a whole different game, but nobody's doing that, right? Like nobody's creating their own leagues, and so it, you know, I'm I'm kind of being a naysayer. I think it's a pipe dream, but it would be nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, they, you know what? Anything's possible. Yeah, it, it's when what's that saying? Hey, when it's worth it, it's not going to be easy. But I, I I agree with the fact of too that um, you know it's it's a conversation. I think it always starts that hey when these things come up and you know people start talking about it more and bringing it to the front. Um, what also kind of sparked this conversation for me was that I I went went through the uh, Rooney Rule, and and of course there was a, a an edit to the uh, uh, Rooney Rule that requires. Uh, Franchises to They have to interview. They must interview a minority candidate outside of the organization because, and seeing you know what bothers me and, and what shows like rears its ugly head about you know racism and and ever and bias and all those things is the fact of you, you have to put a rule in place that says, hey, all we're saying is that you know the same qualified candidates regardless of color but the same qualified candidates get an opportunity to succeed or fail because like you know what might yeah but
1: i I struggle with that rule even (laughs) further bro and here's why when they actually hire a minority coach they're compensated with draft picks like to me that feels that is the part that i don't think people talk about like we're going to actually pay you in, com- in some type of compensation to actually hire a minority. And that that tells you how bad it is, where they they really don't believe the Rooney rule would just work, which is, oh, just interview. You know what I'm saying? Like, now we got to give you draft picks to be able to hire. That That feels, that tells me right there, they know that junk ain't working.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it also, again, like, I, and I'm glad you brought that up. It just speaks to the blatant racism like nothing it's not subtle it's it's blatant that to your point so hey look we're dangling some future draft picks and here's the thing it just kind of goes to show you that there needs to be a better system in place because just think about how manipulated that can be so okay i hire you to get these future draft picks and i don't think there's any stipulation in terms of uh tenure you need to uh keep those coaches so just think about it Steve Wilkes was the Arizona uh uh Cardinals head coach for only a year. For only a year.
1: <laughs> but they came up with a pig, though. they
0: came oh, up now. Look goodness. at that team.
1: Now look and at that
0: team. And they hire uh Kingsbury. And I'm and, and Kingsbury, I think, is doing an uh, awesome job. I don't disagree yeah, with is. the hire, I disagree with the fire.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I'm definitely with you on that, definitely with you on that. But Say la vie, say la V. Tampa Bay still winning. Oh.
0: <laughs> oh god, man, you you know what? Sports name, I you know, and I expect Mike to do this, and I don't blame him for doing it. See, this is <laughs> you, you know, you're still the champ until somebody beats you. That's so, right. if I was if I was in Mike's shoes and the 49ers won the Super Bowl, I would be gloating all year because again, regardless of what the record would be this year, Still, hey, hey, you still gotta dethrone us. And of still course, in the 49ers thrown. case, even <laughs> if we if we won um you know in 2019, or let's say if we won last year, yeah, I'm just just go with me, go with me for just a minute here. We wouldn't be going nowhere this year. That's sure as hell tr- The truth, yeah. And 49er fans, faithful, I love you, but we gotta stop being delusional, okay. It's it's time to cut. It's time to cut bait on some some players, and it's time to cut bait on this idea that Kyle Shanahan is a great head coach. He may be a good offensive coordinator. I won't even say great offensive coordinator because think about what he did or didn't accomplish as an offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. Just saying. Don't persecute me for it.